Welcome to the Word of Grace podcast. As a community, we exist to love on God with all that we are and to share His grace with everyone. If you want to connect with us more, head to social media or wordofgracechurch.com. Here's today's episode. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Acts this morning, the book of Acts. And uh, uh, we've been going through this series, The Way, and we've been talking about the early church and how they uh, broke bread with other believers, how they gathered in community, how they uh, were generous. So we've been going through this kind of uh, this kind of series right now, and today we're going to be talking about the way of boldness, the way of boldness. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be, like I said, Acts, we're going to be in chapter 4, verse 13, chapter 4, verse 13 this morning. And uh, before I begin... Have you guys ever had a moment you thought was bold? I mean, it was kind of out of the ordinary, bold as in, uh, you know, courageous, what the world would like to say is bold. So one time I remember uh, way back then in the fifth grade, I was, uh, um, we we're going around and we'd always play these weird games, you know, when you're in the third, fourth, fifth grade, you play these weird games. Maybe it was quarters. Anyone ever play quarters? Where you uh, you flick the quarter on the cafeteria table, and then you have to keep flicking it. And if it lands, you got to put your knuckle against the table, and you get to shoot the quarter at the at your friend's knuckles. Anybody? No. You're all right. We got one. Thank you. I appreciate the honesty. Uh, that was a game. I want to say back in the '90s, we used to play. It was idiotic at times. Uh, so by the end of lunch, we all looked like we had gotten in fistfights, but it was just the quarter that had left marks. And so we used to play different games. Anyone remember slaps? Maybe you're more, okay, okay, a little more familiar with slaps, where you'd put your hand out, and then uh, the person underneath, you have to take turns slapping, and then uh, if you faked it, you got a free slap, right? So I used to, uh, so I challenged this guy one time. He had the, um, his name was, I still remember today, his name was Eddie Gallup, and he was in the fifth grade. And let's just say he had the driest hands this east side of fifth grade. All right, so... Just some manly hands for being in the fifth grade. And so I'd go around and I saw, you know, some of my friends challenging him. And it was uh, the game of slaps. But we used to play it different where you used to kind of put your hands out. And then you take turns either slapping right, slapping left. And then you could move up or down. And then if you flinched, you got a free hit. Well, let's just say no one wanted to challenge Eddie Gallup. I mean, when you were finished playing slaps with Eddie Gallup, your hand was swollen. I mean, it just looked horrendous. So I was like, hey, you know, everyone's complaining like, hey, you played slaps with Eddie Gallup, you know, and so I was like, hey, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to play slaps. It was one of the worst ideas that I had ever uh, come up with. So we start playing. And I mean, by the end of that, he got so many free hits on me. I flinched so much. I looked at my hands after it looked like I was storing water in them. It looked like I'd get stung by something because I had played slaps with the infamous Eddie Gallup. So uh, um, that was a bold moment for me in the fifth grade. It ended up being quite idiotic. But today we're going to be diving in to these verses here to see what it means to walk in the way of boldness. Walk in the way of boldness. So in today's world, here's what uh, boldness, uh, as Webster would define it, Webster, Wikipedia, all the above, uh, boldness would be defined as willingness to take risks and act innovatively. Uh, Also, confidence 
or courage. So we're going to look today at what boldness looks like as we walk in the Spirit, as Jesus followers, as followers of the early church. We're going to look at what it means to be bold and to walk in boldness today. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start in verse 13 here today. We're going to go back and forth, so make sure you keep your Bibles open or keep the app open. Uh, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 13. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So uh, it turns out, I'm going to give a little kind of backstory as to how this kind of happened. Now, boldness, first off, boldness in the Greek is parousia, which means, uh, now this is the spiritual, the Greek uh, version means spirit-inspired courage and confidence to speak in spite of any danger or threat. This could also mean telling it all, holding nothing back. There's lots of different references for the word boldness here in the Greek that you can see throughout Scripture. But as I was going through, when Pastor Ryan asked me to speak, I was going through and boldness came up just in these uh, last couple of chapters. And so I wanted to go through and kind of expound on that. Now, first we have to rewind. How do we get to this point? Peter and John are here. They're in front of the Sanhedrin. And, uh, and they see the courage, the boldness of Peter and John. And they realize they were unschooled, ordinary men. So how did they get here? Well, there's a lame beggar, right? And he's going through and he's asking. This is a chapter before. You can look at it uh, later on. But there's a chapter before. There's a beggar. And they go through and he's like, hey, uh, can I have some money? Can I have some money? So Peter and John go up to him and say, hey, we don't got any money. But what we do have, we'll give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So the lame beggar gets up. He starts walking around, jumping around. He can walk. Now, people have seen this guy for some time just sitting there begging. So all of a sudden, you walk by, oh, you know, Peter and John again. Wait, who's this guy? This this guy was just begging for alms. He's literally begging for money. He was lame. He could not walk. And now he's standing with them. What happened? So then Peter and John, they begin to preach the gospel after this miracle takes place. And so they begin preaching the gospel, and then uh, all of a sudden the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they come up and they see this. And so what they do is they throw them in jail. And so before they throw them in jail, though, they talk to them and they're like, uh, what's going on here? What are, you, what are you doing saying that, you know, Jesus was resurrected and that's who, who, who are you doing this through? And they're like, well, we're doing it through Jesus, the guy that you crucified, the guy that you put to death, and then he was resurrected. That's whose name we're doing this through. Well, they didn't like that very much. So they put him in jail. And the reason they did this overnight is a lot of times they try to strike fear into people to not do things anymore. So they're like, hey, throw him in jail for the night. We'll get him out. We'll let him know, hey, don't do this anymore. Keep on going. So they throw him in jail uh, for the night. And so they arrest them until the following day. Then they start asking him questions about the healing. Now, what did they see in the boldness of Peter and John? That's what we're going to talk about today is what did they see? What was this boldness that they saw as they were asking him questions, as they were talking to them? Well, it says here, first off, that it showed that they were uneducated men. That doesn't mean they didn't go to school. It doesn't mean they didn't do all this stuff. What it meant was, back then, uh, you would had to go through this rabbinic school, uh, the school for rabbis. And so you were well known. If you were on your way to becoming 
one of the highest and religious leaders and rabbis, you had to go through this schooling and people would recognize you. They're like, oh, hey, this is kind of up and coming. You know, we got um, Billy Bob over here. He's uh, he's going through rabbi school. He's going to be one of the greats. Watch out for Billy Bob. He's going to be one of the greats. And they didn't recognize Peter and John in that sense. So they're like, well, these dudes aren't, uh, uh, aren't very educated. They must be just these common men. But how are they showing this boldness as common men? They recognized that they had been with Jesus. If you're taking notes here, uh, a couple signs of boldness, if you want to write these down, there's going to be four today. Number one, boldness will, without a doubt, recognize that you have been with Jesus. It's going to recognize that you meet with Jesus, that you spend time with Jesus. Uh, Have you guys ever gone somewhere, and when you leave there, you have kind of that scent of that place on you? Some of you guys, maybe you walk into, Subway is one of those places. You walk into Subway, maybe you eat a sub, and you're like, hey, this sub tastes great, but the smell inside, it's catching, right? If there was a candle, you'd be able to walk in and go, oh, you got that Subway candle lit, right? You can tell the smell of Subway. You can go into people's houses that maybe they fry up a bunch of food, and you walk out out of there smelling a little bit like peanut oil, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we used to have that at a college at our uh, food um, place in the cafeteria. It was called Chartwell's. And you could tell after dinner, you'd walk back to the room, you're like, man, do I need to like change my clothes or something? I smell like the cafeteria at my college, right? Or maybe you worked somewhere, maybe you were in the food industry for a while, and you walk out of there like, man, I just need to change my clothes because I start to smell where I've been. Well, the same thing happens when we meet with Jesus. We have the scent of Jesus on us when we spend time with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to strive to be someone that when I'm done talking with someone, they know that I've met with Jesus. I want to When I'm done talking with someone or interacting with someone, even if it's at the grocery store, I want them to know, hey, this person's different. I want that to be my prayer for us as a church, for me personally, is when you see boldness in someone, you know for a fact that they've met with Jesus. See, Peter and John, it was interesting because they had never had the the education they haven't had with the Pharisees and religious scholars. They had to go through this huge thing where they'd have to study the law and they'd have to go through all these rules and regulations and you and every single time oh it's the sabbath day you can't pick up something if it weighs more than this oh you got to count your steps when you're walking here that's going to be too much work they had all that memorized right and so they're looking at peter and john going these are uncommon men well the interesting thing is that peter and john may not have known as much as the religious leaders but guess what they did do they walked with jesus They met with Jesus. They listened to him and his word. They heard him pray. They watched him interact with others, right? And all these different situations, the disciples were there going, wow, Jesus here is interacting with this person. I wonder what he's going to do, what he's going to say. There's no food over here, but Jesus provides for the 5,000. There's healing that happens. Jesus walks up and heals people. Peter and John were there for all that. So they had met with Jesus, they had interacted, they had prayed, they had seen all that Jesus had done. And the Sanhedrin, the the Pharisaical leaders, they recognized that, that something was different about these guys, their boldness. And so when we show boldness within us, 
It should be unrecognizable. People should be able to say, hey, that person, that person has interacted with Jesus. And so we continue to go through, and we see that the boldness came from the Holy Spirit. It says multiple times as you read through these chapters, 4, 5, and 6, multiple times that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. This was not just a one-time thing. That Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and boldness came out of that. See, a filling of the Holy Spirit needs to happen. Number two, if you're taking notes, number two this morning, we need to be constantly filled with the Spirit in order for us to walk in boldness. We need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? It doesn't come from us. Now, earthly boldness, yes. The stupidity I had when I tried to challenge Eddie Gallup to a slap fight, that was me thinking I was being bold. Right? Boldness from my point of view. That's not the same boldness we're talking about here. We're talking about Holy Spirit boldness. Number two, we need to be constantly filled with the Spirit in order for us to walk in boldness. What does that look like? See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, when we constantly ask God, God, fill us daily, we can't do this life without, I don't know about you, but I can't do this life without God. There's so many things going on in life, struggles and, and walking day in and day out and being kind to others and loving others. I told you about my struggles at the grocery store. It's hard to be a loving guy at the grocery store, right? But we cannot live our life day after day after day without the filling of the Holy Spirit, teaching us to love people, to be patient with people, to be kind with people. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, where does this boldness come from? Well, uh, the boldness comes from the overfilling of the Holy Spirit. So you you ask the Holy Spirit daily, God, God, fill me up with your Holy Spirit, with your presence. And out of that overflow will come boldness. Anyone ever like going to uh, those stir fry places like Mongolian Grill, a place like that? Anyone ever been there before? You like those places, right? And so the interesting thing with, uh, with that is what you do is you go up to the meat, pick out your meat, pick out your veggies, and you load your plate up, right? How many of you guys have stuff coming out of the bowl? When it's, I mean, this is, this is full. This is overflowing. You don't just go up there, throw three pieces of broccoli and a couple of carrots and take it up to the stir fry counter and say, hey, cook this for me. He'd be like, "Uh, can I just give you this for free? Because clearly you're not going to eat your money's worth. But I'll tell you what, when you go to that buffet area and you start piling on, anyone like that steak? I mean, if I'm going to eat steak, I'm going to eat a lot of it. So half the bowl full of steak. You got your veggies on there. Anyone grab an egg or two? Grab the egg top. And so when it's time to put that stir fry bowl, I mean, you're walking like this. Broccoli's falling out the sides. Everyone's looking at you like, man, why don't you just get the all you can eat? It's like a couple dollars more. You can keep filling it up. But no, I'm getting the one bowl and I'm going to fill it up. And so I go up to the counter and I'm over, but don't forget the sauces. So I'm balancing the sauces like on my shoulders and got a couple of bowls. So I got six different sauces, my bowl over here. I got some food under my chin, like, oh, I got two eggs under here. And so you go up and you're finally like, all right, you can cook this bowl for me. Now I'm ready. That's what I think about when I think of the filling of the Holy Spirit is that overflow. You can't do much if you're empty. You can't do much if you're running on empty, can you? Anyone ever push the limits to their car, miles till empty? It's a scary thought. It's a scary situation. You ever been somewhere and they don't got gas stations around? 
You're really pushing it close there, right? The same thing goes for us is we cannot run on empty. We have to constantly, daily be spending time with God and spending time and asking the Holy Spirit to fill us because that's where the boldness is going to come from. We can make earthly boldness all day in our hearts and get prideful and say, I'm going to be bold today with this or that. But true boldness, as seen here coming from Peter and John, is constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The proof is in the pudding. If you take a look at verse 14, John chapter 4, verse 14, it says, But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So literally, they're like, what are you doing? Now, this is an opportunity for Peter literally to be preaching the gospel to them. Imagine how mad they are. So a healing happens, and you know God always uses things for his glory, so the healing takes place, and then Peter's able to preach the gospel to them at that time. Sanhedrin, Pharisees, religious leaders, Sadducees, all these people, Peter is preaching the gospel to them because of the healing. And they see the guy staying there. It's not like they could say, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. We didn't see anyone here. Literally, the guy begging from them yesterday is healed and standing there. When you have this true boldness, the proof is in the pudding. You're going to be able to see fruit coming out of that boldness. You're going to be able to see things happening because of that boldness. True Holy Spirit boldness. Now, this boldness was for the kingdom, right? So the healing, as I said, it led to preaching the gospel. A lot of times when boldness comes from within us, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily dedicated to furthering the kingdom, is it? I know there's been times in my life where I thought I was being bold for God. That's not necessarily who I was being bold for. I was being bold for myself, my pride, my heart. But true boldness points towards the kingdom, points towards God, and saying, is this furthering the kingdom? Or is this just about me being right? Do you see the difference there? Where we could definitely be saying, hey, I'm going to be bold for God, the Holy Spirit, God, send me places. And then you're being bold, and then you realize, I don't know if this is furthering the kingdom. Number three, when we talk about being bold, if it ain't about the kingdom... It ain't from God. If it ain't about the kingdom, it ain't from God. Now, you guys are old enough to know where, yes, you can still talk about basketball and talk about this stuff. And I'm not talking about that, that you have to be talking about God nonstop, 24-7. But what I'm saying is we need to take a look at where our boldness is coming from and what we're using it for and making sure that it's about the kingdom. Maybe some good questions to ask before we type a response to someone online or send a tweet out. Is this about the kingdom? Or is this about me being right in front of everyone? Maybe before we say something to someone, is this about the kingdom? Or is this about me being right? Is this about me showing how smart I am? Maybe before we make that call to someone or shoot that text message out to someone, is this about furthering the kingdom? Or is it about me? And being prideful and showing what I have to say, how much I know. It says in the Bible that knowledge puffs up. But you know what a true response is? Love. Loving people. Is this about furthering the kingdom? We see here this boldness. This wasn't about Peter and John being, hey, look at us. Look what we did. Hey, 
lame guy, jump up and down so you can show people what we did. We healed you. No, that's not what they did. What they did was they had him there hanging out with them, and they said, hey, look what God did. This healing took place, but it wasn't us. It was God and the Holy Spirit through us. And then entail, they were able to preach the gospel. It always takes the next step. You want to be bold for God, you just wait because you're going to start being bold and other things will progress because of that. The proof is in the pudding. But we have to learn to be bold and say, hey, where's this pointing towards? Is this about us? Or is this about the kingdom? It's interesting if you've ever... uh, Anyone ever gone to maybe McDonald's before and asked for a Whopper? Doesn't happen, right? Or maybe you go up to Burger King and go, hey, can I get two Happy Meals and a Big Mac, please? They'd be like, uh, this isn't, your, this isn't the right spot, dude. You're asking the wrong stuff. Because you know for a fact where it came from. You know for a fact, some of you guys are like, oh, McDonald's. That sounded pretty good after lunch. You know for a fact where the Big Mac comes from. You know for a fact where the Whopper comes from. Hey, those are specific to those places. You know for a fact where that boldness comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we need to be very careful that we, uh, when we go through with boldness, is that we question, hey, is this about me? Is this about the kingdom? Where did this come from? Where's this boldness coming from. It's very important that we understand that because people are constantly watching us. People are constantly seeing what we do, what we post, who we talk to, who we text. Someone's always watching us. And a great quote that I saw that I'll never forget, it said, you may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Pretty crazy, right? You may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Are actions pointing towards the kingdom, or are they pointing towards us? That's hurt. That hurts this morning, doesn't it? Hurt my toes. Stepping on my own toes over here. But what are our actions pointing towards? So we go back to the story in verse 23, if you continue down. And it says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And then, uh, you know what they did after that, is they uh, set up some time and they cursed the Sanhedrin, they cursed the Pharisees, they start making fun of them, they start putting curses upon them, telling God to strike them all dead. Is that what it says in the Bible? No. Peter and John didn't go back to their friends and go, you want to know what the Sanhedrin tried to do to us? Start praying right now. We want to curse their family, their moms, their dads, their sisters, their brothers, We want them all gone. Start praying right now. Let's make fun of them. Talking about we can't heal people. They're getting mad. No, it didn't say that at all. Let's see what their friends actually did. If you go down to verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. You know what they did? They prayed for boldness for Peter and John. They weren't worried about what the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees or religious leaders were doing. They weren't praying attacks against them. They knew what they were for more than what they were against. 
And so they say, hey, you know what? We're not going to say anything about that. What we will do is we're going to ask God and we're going to pray for boldness for us. Pray boldness for our friends. Pray boldness for Peter and John here in this situation. You know what they were? They were kingdom minded. They were kingdom minded. They saw what was going to happen afterwards. They knew what happened when they had boldness. So they pray for boldness once again, continue to speak with boldness. And if we jump down, we look at Acts chapter 5. If you go a couple verses down to the next uh, part, and we go to Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Now it says, the apostles heal many. So it says in verse 12, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. They continue to have signs and wonders. Now look here, it says, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Peter's shadow. Now, you know who's writing this is Luke. Luke was a, anyone know? A doctor, right? So you think he would have had to investigate what was happening here, because he's a doctor. I mean, this stuff doesn't just happen. Sick people just aren't in the road, and Peter's walking by, and his shadow is healing others because he is so filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's our prayer today is, God, let us be so filled with the Spirit that everyone that comes in contact with us experiences the Holy Spirit as well. Wouldn't that be a great prayer for our church? That as we leave these doors and we go day to day and week to week, Let us be so filled with your presence, so filled with the Holy Spirit, that we have an effect on everyone we come into contact with. What would our church look like if that happened? What would our cities look like? What would our neighborhoods look like? What would our workplaces look like if we prayed that, God, let me be so filled with your Holy Spirit and have so much boldness that as I walk through these doors and interact with people, that they are changed because of your work in me. Wow. What would that look like in today's day and age? Now, this isn't some sort of weird way. Some of you may be wondering, like, you know, the Holy Spirit, you talk about this stuff. It's not like he walked by and the Holy Spirit was overcoming other people's bodies. And No, the Holy Spirit, it says in the Bible, he gently knocks. He's waiting for the invitation to come in. So a lot of us are like, oh, talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't get too crazy and, and do all this stuff. No. But we do need boldness, and that boldness can only come from the Holy Spirit. So what happens when things start getting good for Peter and John over here is people start getting jealous. So in verse 17, the Sadducees were filled with jealousy, it says, and the high priest and all his associates who are members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Once again, they arrest the apostles and put them in the public jail. So they get arrested again. They didn't learn their lesson the first time. See, the first time, you're supposed to put people in jail and make some empty threats so it scares them. 
But guess what? The boldness wouldn't allow fear in Peter and John. You couldn't chase them away. So what do they do? They get mad. They throw them in prison again. Now, this is, uh, it's pretty crazy because this time they're arrested. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, an angel comes in and breaks them out. So they go back to the jail. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So early in the morning, Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, maybe they stopped at Starbucks on their way in. The local Starbucks pick up their nice uh, cortado. That was for Ryan because I just found out what a cortado was uh, this week. So pick up their cortado, maybe their little egg sandwich, and they're just talking, having a good time, talking about how they arrested Peter and John, threw them in jail. They're walking by. Oh, yeah, I arrested him. And then all of a sudden they see And these two guys are at the temple. And they look super familiar. Hey, who are those guys over there? It's Peter and John. The guys they just arrested, the angel broke them out of jail, and they're back at the temple preaching. What a true sign of boldness right there. Once again, it wasn't about them. They they were past that point. Hey, you want to throw us in jail? Throw us in jail. Hey, you want to torture us? Torture us. Hey, you want to do this stuff to us? Guess what? It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about what we're doing with the Holy Spirit through us to further God's kingdom. And so they go through, and, uh, and they're like, what do we do with these guys? They, they keep preaching. Do we, do we toss them away? Do we kill them? Do we... Put them back in, pr- in prison? Do we torture them? What's going on here? And so they're starting to go back and forth. They're like, wait, wait, wait. But, you know, if they're doing stuff and, and it has to do with God and God's in this on them, I don't want to be touching those guys. So God will, you know, strike us. And then the other side's going, yeah, but if it's not of God, they're saying stuff that isn't true and doing all these other different things. And so uh, they go through and it says, with the boldness of man, it will fall. But with the boldness of the Holy Spirit, it cannot be stopped. Look what Gamaliel has to say. So we are in Acts chapter 5, and we go down to verse 38. They're talking, like I said, going, oh, what are we going to do? And then uh, Gamaliel comes out, and he says, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you. So he's one of the religious leaders, and he's saying, hey, guess what? Uh, People have tried this stuff before. And he names a couple people saying, hey, This guy tried something, got some followers, he fizzled out. This other guy tried some stuff, he got some followers, he fizzled out too. But guess what? If this is coming from God, this isn't going to fizzle out. So he's telling me, he's like, if this is coming from man, guess what's going to happen? It'll fizzle out. Next new news, something will be happening next week. Someone else will be, you know, starting something up. But if this is from God... It can't be stopped. So he goes on, he says, Therefore, in the present case, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, boldness that we create, it will fail. But if this is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. That's pretty crazy stuff, right? That he's saying, hey, if this is from man, don't you worry about it. But if this is from God, there's no way stopping this. There's no way you're stopping what's happening here. 
And so in verse 41, it says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is Messiah. Fourth and final point here, with boldness, you don't quit no matter the outcome. When we have the boldness from the Holy Spirit, we don't quit despite the outcome. And as the band begins to make their way to the stage, I want to end with this story here. So they're being persecuted for their beliefs. And we don't really have persecution as far as here in the U.S. at the current moment. Very rare. But the enemy does use other methods, doesn't he, to try and distract us. Maybe selfish pride. Maybe we try and say, hey, we're, we're doing this for God. We're doing this because of God. But really, it's just our selfish pride. Maybe it's for status. Maybe it's for acceptance. Sometimes we can even use the name of Jesus in our actions. But our actions can show otherwise. Remember I said proof is in the pudding. Oh, you're going to see some results and you'll be able to tell if it's from man or if it's from God. One final example here, if we skip down a couple of chapters, Acts chapter 7, we look at a man named Stephen. And uh, Stephen's one of the apostles, man full of faith. And he goes through and eventually they kick him outside the city and they're going to be stoning him to death. So he's preaching the word and some people gather around. They start some rumors. He's, he's not saying stuff that's true. Talking about things that God really isn't or didn't do. So they put him on trial and then all of a sudden they're getting ready to kick him out of the city and stone him to death. And I'm giving you this example today because this is the true sign, a true sign of boldness through his last words. So I'll just read this small part here. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing there. He said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelled. They all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now, here's what's crazy. While they're stoning him, Stephen prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he falls to his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. So literally, people are attacking him outside the streets. Now, we're talking when someone was stoning someone, it wasn't just tiny pebbles. It wasn't these little rocks. They would find the biggest boulder they could find and throw it at them in order to kill them. And this is true boldness. You could tell Stephen was full of boldness, full of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, when he says his last words could have been anything. Hey, you guys are done for. Wait till God gets a hold of you. But instead he uses his last words to say, do not hold this sin against them. And then he dies. What a true sign of boldness here. 
Holy Spirit-filled boldness. And so as we close this morning, if everyone could just close your eyes and bow your heads, I want to ask a couple questions as we close and have this time. Maybe some of us today need to have some time with God. Maybe some of us today need to say, you know what? I was challenged this morning by the boldness of Peter and John. Maybe today you're asking yourself, do people recognize that I've, that I've experienced Jesus? Maybe that is your prayer this morning. Lord, help me to spend time with you so that when I go and talk with others or communicate with others, they'll know for a fact I've experienced you. Maybe that is your prayer today. God, let others see the Holy Spirit through me. Maybe today you didn't know that you had to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. Maybe today is a simple prayer, God, going, God, each and every day let me be filled more with the Holy Spirit, a daily refilling. Maybe that's your challenge for the next month, for the next week, or however long is ask the Holy Spirit to fill you daily. God, what do you have in store for me today? Maybe today you're going, wow, I'm really challenged by the fact that I haven't been about the kingdom. It's been all about me. I've had pride in my life. I've argued with people. I've talked with people, called, text, all this stuff. And I thought I've been doing it for God. But really, I'm doing it for myself. Maybe this morning you say, God, let me be more kingdom-minded about you. Maybe some of you just need to hear today, don't quit. Don't give up. The boldness will come. You keep asking for it, but don't give up. Because true boldness from the Holy Spirit doesn't matter the outcome. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep doing this. So maybe that's your prayer for today. Maybe someone here that spoke to them, you just say, Pastor TJ, can you please just pray for me this morning? Can you just slip your hand up real quick, put it back down, say, pray for me. I need this in my life. And before we close today, I always like to ask this. Maybe today you're saying, you know what? This is the first time that I've heard about this Son of God, Jesus, that that can send the power of the Holy Spirit so we can be more bold. Maybe you've never made that decision today to follow Jesus, and today you want to say, hey, for the very first time in my life, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I always like to ask that because you never know. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up real quick, put it back down, say, this morning for the first time in my life, I want to make a commitment to following Jesus. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for this story. We thank you so much that we have the example of Peter and John here, their willingness to be bold. God, let us be bold. God, I pray that you would help those around, especially for me, that each and every day that people would interact with us would know for a fact that we've experienced you. God, for those today who aren't kingdom-minded or maybe we've just been prideful in so many ways, I pray that you would take that away from us and instead fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, give us boldness today to preach your word. Give us boldness to share your love with others. And Lord, last but not least, I pray for those today that have given up, 
given up on life or given up on following or serving you, I pray that they would come back to you today. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship as we close this morning. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps others find this content. If you want to connect with us, head over to social media or go to wordofgracechurch.com.